Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our healthcare system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Healthcare, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our healthcare system as it exists and as it could be. For better healthcare and a better healthcare system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman, founder of the DrScore.com physician rating website. Much of our healthcare system is organized into large healthcare systems, preferred provider organizations called PPOs and health maintenance organizations like uh, also called HMOs. These organizations report on quality measures to the National Committee for Quality Assurance, also called the NCQA. The NCQA has just put out their annual State of Healthcare Quality Report, and we're joined today by the president of the NCQA, Margaret O'Kane, who's going to share with us some highlights from the report. Peggy, thank you so much for being on the program today. Normally on this program, and I think on many news programs in general, it's bad news and worse news. Fortunately, your report, it seems like there's a lot of real positive information about healthcare in America. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, I'm, I mean, basically what we've been doing for the past 15 years is measuring and publicly reporting on the quality of health plans. And um, we've now got uh, a 1,000 health plans reporting this to us. We accredit many of them. And um, that covers 118 million Americans, which is two out of five Americans. So, um, you know, that's the first thing is we, we have a lot more information on the quality of health, health plans and the quality of health care. Uh, the other good news is that on many of the things that we've been measuring, uh, performance has really improved, and I would call out that North Carolina in particular moved up in the world in, in the past year. It used to be um, in the bottom 10 percent, bottom 10 states, and it's now in the middle 32 states. So um, it's moved up, and that's really good news for people in North Carolina because the things that we measure actually have an impact on your health, how long you live, and how good you feel. That is, I think, one of the questions that, that some listeners may wonder about is whether the things that are measurable are actually meaningful. Oh, absolutely they are. We don't measure things that aren't meaningful because, um, you know, if you think about it, if you're trying to perform well on measures and you're measuring things that don't count, you're actually doing something really negative. You're making people do things that they shouldn't do that don't add value. So we're very deliberate about measuring things where there's scientific evidence that if you do them, it improves people's health. Can you give us a, an example of just a couple of them? Sure. Um, you, know, uh, you know, preventive services, so immunizations for children, um, 
you know, we know, and, you know, this is an issue, and I'm bringing it up because it's an issue. Um, sometimes parents don't want to get their kids immunized because they may have read somewhere that this is associated with autism or something. Well, the evidence is very clear that there's no association, but there is a plenty of evidence that when kids don't get immunized, we get measles epidemics and, you know, mumps and uh, pertussis, uh, you know, very, very dangerous illnesses in kids. Another example, um, you know, a lot of Americans have diabetes. Um, we know that if they get appropriate care, we can prevent bad outcomes like kidney failure, blindness, amputations, um, and so forth, and, and heart attacks and strokes. Um, so we have a very comprehensive set of measures on a, a treatment of diabetes. When, um, when you look at the treatment of diabetes, are these measures of the process of care that's provided, or do the measures include those actual outcomes? They actually include outcomes, uh, you know, like the level of blood sugar control. Well, the level of blood sugar control would be, I consider that more of a process, but you mentioned well, that diabetes is bad because... Well, it's very, very that, strongly linked to, to the ultimate outcome. Right, but, but you said the ultimate outcomes that we really care about are people going blind or losing their kidneys or having amputations. Those aren't measured directly. It's measured only in the sense of you're measuring the blood glucose Yeah, the, control. the problem with trying to measure that is you need a much bigger sample than the average size health plan has. But the, uh, you know, the evidence is so strong about the absolute link here. This is, you know, this is not speculative at all uh, that, you know, that and I feel very confident that if we were to count these bad outcomes, we would see an impact. So one of the key things your report found is that PPOs, which preferred provider organizations, are catching up with HMOs in regard to these quality measures? Yeah, that's great news because most Americans are in PPOs and not HMOs. Um, uh, you know, I think when we started this project uh, uh, in the 90s, uh, HMOs were many large employers' preferred form of health care. And then we had a kind of HMO backlash. You know, uh, some of the things they did were kind of didn't feel too friendly to consumers or to doctors. And so we've had a shift of uh, covered lives into the preferred provider organizations. But uh, for a long time, we didn't have any information on how they were doing. And when we first had information, it looked like they were pretty far behind. But um, for the PPOs that report to us, and that's a very important point, um, they do, they're catching up with the HMOs. Now, there are many PPOs that don't report to us. So I think we have about a half of the covered lives that are in PPOs, but only 15% of the insurance companies that are, that are in the PPO market. Is it a safe guess that the reason they report is because they're able to report now and the reason they're able to report is because they're using electronic medical records? No, actually, it probably has nothing to do with electronic medical records. It has probably more to do um, with their, uh, their customers telling them they want them to publicly report. Many of the large employers that helped uh, get this whole initiative moving um, have many of their covered lives in PPOs, and they are they are asking them to public report, publicly report and to benchmark. So, how, so how would an organization even have the information to share or capture it, capture that information if they didn't have an electronic record of, well, of whether the child of the, was immunized or something like that? Yeah, on many of the measures, uh, you can capture it from claims data and lab data and, and pharmacy data. Uh, for others, you actually have to go into the medical record 
Uh, but that means often it's still a paper record, although you're doing so well in North Carolina with the electronic medical records that more and more I think it can be reported out of an electronic medical record. But um, I would say for all in all, the level of penetration of electronic medical records isn't great enough nationwide that that's the reason. I think it's, it's that ch PPOs are actually chasing the data and they're actually care managing more. So um, it, it really has to do with, with how they're, they're actually managing care, um, which is good news for all of us. Yeah. Do you have a sense of, of if, if some electronic health system isn't reminding the doctor to, to do the tests, what are these PPOs doing to make sure these things get done? So, uh, you know, many plans have, have actually been helping doctors to, uh, to understand who in their population needs to be paid more attention to. Um, sometimes they're, they're actually helping the doctors buy electronic medical records and create registries that will create this information right at the point of care. And sometimes they're just sharing the data with the practices that don't have the electronic medical records. So, you know, we have a thousand plans. We probably have a hundred different ways that they are approaching the problem of making sure that people get the care they need. Oh, that's super. So this is much like when I'm, there are a number of drugs that I prescribe to patients, and every now and then I'll get a fax or a letter from the insurer saying, oh, based on claims data, this patient is also on this drug. Did you consider this or have you done this lab work? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So um, another aspect of the report was that health plans performance in general has been going up. You've, you've been at the... Um, National Committee for Quality Assurance for 20 years? <laughs> you know, you've seen a lot of change, so this is, things are happening. Yeah, it's thrilling, actually. It's, uh, I have to say, I, you know, most people don't get the kind of satisfaction out of their work that I do. So um, it is wonderful to see what, what can be achieved. And, I, you know, I think we're at such a point of opportunity now in this country. We have, you know, we have health care reform, which is going to cover more people, we have insurance exchanges coming up in the next few years that are going to give more people a choice of health plans and the ability to choose a high-quality, a high-value plan. We have so much more transparency on the data um, so people can actually understand that not only does quality matter, but it varies in their own markets and that they actually often will have a choice. So I think a lot of the pieces have come together that we really need to bring health care into uh, its next level, um, which is giving us much higher quality and a much more affordable cost. That is the key issue. I do wonder, though, that I don't know how many measures you have, but if there's a dozen measures or two dozen measures that people can focus on those and improve their test scores, but then there's all the rest of the health care and is that is the value of that healthcare changing at all? Um, well, I mean, I think that it's a little slower than we would like on the specialty care side, uh, but I think there are promising uh, future directions. Uh, let's think about orthopedics, for example. Um, we know a lot of people get back surgery and knee surgery and hip surgery, and um, you know, in the United Kingdom, they're asking patients to report how they're doing after the surgery, before and after. And I think, you know, having this kind of patient-reported outcome measurement um, is going to add another really solid piece to this, this picture that we're building. 
So, um, yes, it's not a complete picture, but we're measuring many of the very important things that we can do to keep people as healthy as possible. And there's more to be done. Peggy, are there any other things you want to share with our audience today? Well, I just want to say that um, I think more and more uh, we need consumers to really start paying attention to this information. It really does matter to your health, and you can also tell your friends and neighbors, and many of you are choosing for your family, uh, which health plan to go to. So go to our website, www.ncqa.org, or go to consumerreports.org. Um, where you can also find our plan information and uh, and start paying attention to this and do what you can also to make sure you're doing everything you need to do to keep your own health. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. The NCQA's State of Healthcare Quality Report examined quality data for more than a thousand health plans across America. These cover 118 million American lives. So the information on the improving quality of care isn't just isolated news. This is general quality across our country is, is picking up as well it should. We live in a great country, and we should be getting great health care. If you want to learn more about the NCQA or their report, um, you can go to the, their website, ncqa.org. That's ncqa.org. I'll provide a link to it on the Getting Better Healthcare website. Um, another good resource is consumerreports.org. As I've mentioned in the past, another of my favorite websites for specific healthcare information is the National Library of Medicine website, Medline Plus. That's it's just chock full of great stuff. And if you're looking to find a doctor or share information about a doctor to find out quality scores, go to drscore.com. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E.com. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. Next week, we'll be joined by Dr. Mary Catherine Beach from Johns Hopkins University, speaking about fundamental aspects of patient-physician interactions. I know she has great advice for both physicians and patients. Our show today was brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Until we speak again, I wish you the very, very best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's drscore.com, drscore.com, and we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.